This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Welcome to Friend of Maryland. My name is Kat Pauze, and this is a fat-friendly space. Today on Friend of Maryland, I think about some things coming up in 2022 that are really fatlicious. I chat with Lola, an unapologetically fat black queer unicorn of burlesque, and I spotlight a piece from Libby Hill about fat actors, fat suits, and fat visibility on screen. Kia ora, friend of Maryland listeners. Here we are in 2022, or as I tend to think about it, 2020 part three. I hope all of you were able to have a restful time over the holidays. I hope all of you were able to have a safe time over the holidays. I was unable to go home uh, again because of COVID, but I did try to take the time that I had off from work to relax and, and recharge. I don't feel like I was successful as that, as I was last year. Um, I think that going overseas to see my family has always really helped me kind of delineate like kind of the end of one year um, and the preparation of the next. And while I didn't necessarily notice it much last year, I can definitely say that this year, now that I'm back at work, it doesn't really feel like it's the start of a new year. I don't necessarily have that same spark of excitement that I often do. Um, maybe that's partly too, cause I had a couple of projects that I had hoped to finish by the end of last year, group, group stuff that we didn't end up getting finished. And so we're continuing on this year and that's probably, uh, exacerbating this feeling I'm having. Anyway, not to start the show on a down note, um, there's a lot to be excited about about 2022, including my ever optimistic hope that maybe I'll be able to go home this year at Christmas. Um, other, though, really exciting kind of stuff on the horizon. Um, the Center for Fat Liberation and Scholarship is going to be launching to the public this year. I'll be hosting uh, the next Fat Studies New Zealand conference in July, which will be an online dedicated conference. Um, if you give a Google, you can find that CFP. It's already out. And there are other um, cool things happening. There's the Weight Stigma Conference, which is currently still set for in-person in Berlin in July. Um, I know there's going to be some really cool call for papers for special issues of the Fat Studies Journal. Um, there's already been some cool call for papers out for uh, different Fat Studies anthologies, including one on fat phenomenology um, from friend of the pod, Christian Rodier. So there's a lot to be excited about this year. Um, definitely send me what you're excited about for 2022. What fat things are coming up this year uh, that have made it into your calendar, something to look forward to. Share with me on social media now. Oh, 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 oh,
today is Lola Loquacious, an unapologetically black, fat, queer unicorn of burlesque. Lola, thank you so much for coming on Friend of Maryland. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So I feel like your introduction actually gives me like a lot of the high points and stuff, but uh, tell me a little bit more about yourself. Okay, so in no particular order, I'm a mom, wife, girlfriend, and burlesque performer. That's, that's kind of like my, I won't say secret persona, but it is my, it's my glam persona because it's the only time I don't look like a hobo. And let's see what else. Polly, so um, polyamorous for those who don't know, and I want to be clear, polyamory, polyam, not poly, poly, uh, Polynesian. I know that um, that was brought to my attention here recently to start trying to say polyam because um, Polynesian refer to themselves as poly. So I did not know that. It's not my culture. So why would I? But I was informed. So I'm going to try to be respectful of that. And Lola, how Uh, did you get into burlesque? How long have you um, been dancing? So I got into burlesque really tagging along with my sister, who is also a performer. Um, Her name is Romani Jewel. And really, I got started tagging along with her and watching her and like watching all the shows. And and then I tagged along at one of the uh, like a cabaret show she was doing. And I was like, can I be in the show? And the producer was like, sure, I'll find something for you. All right. And she did. And I that was like, I didn't stop after that. Um, But for for from like 2012 to 2016, I didn't do what is called peeling, which peeling is actually the stripping of the clothes and um, reveals and things like that. I was very self-conscious of my own body. When I finally decided to peel, it was in 2016. And I said, I I'm going to do it. And all the reasons I was putting it off for were all the reasons why I did all the wrong reasons, basically. Basically, I scared myself straight. I mean, like, I scared myself to keep my clothes on. And I fi- like I finally did it in November of 2016. And I was like, well, I'm never not doing this again. So I, my journey was, it was, it was, it was a, I'm only delaying something that I want to do because I'm scared and I'm scared because I think people are going to be hurtful and rejectful because I'm a fat girl. It was, it was, it was really scary for me to go, all right, I'm going to do it. And either you're going to like it or you're not. And so I did it. And people like me. What was that experience like in November of 2016? The very first time that you took this, because it's a big step to take. It, it, it is, it was huge. And I had on, it was, I was so scared. You know, I got big boobs and they, you know, they're not like the, you know, they're not the sexy big boobs where they're meaty and kind of still kind of hang up, you know, kind of sit up a little bit. No, no. My girls are all the, I got the meaty ones. I didn't have, I don't have the muscular boobies that some girls have that, you know, even if they're big cups, they're still kind of very like, you know, they, they're up here. No, no, mine, mine hang low. Yeah, no, mine so have I was always just been like, down by my knees my whole life. Me too. Yeah. Even, yeah, as, for as long as I can remember, mine have always hung like that. It was always something that I was very self-conscious about because, of course, not no, I don't see other girls with 
boobies doing that. I So I had on one bra that was like a bigger, elaborately, and it, of course it was, you know, blinged out. But then I took that one off and I had another little smaller one underneath. Finally, I was just kind of like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take it off. And this is all while I'm performing. Like the decision to finally just take the bra off was in the midst of me performing because that was not my plan when I went on stage. My plan was just to take off the bigger bra and have the smaller one under. If I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. I did it. I like the crowd just went ah, like they because they a lot of them are people who have followed me and followed my journey through burlesque and know that this was a huge deal and like the crowd just went crazy and I was just like oh my god I got off the stage and then I went to the dressing room and then I cried like ugly face cried I was so but I was so proud of myself like I wasn't upset or anything I was just like I did it I did it. It was all of that anxiety. It is amazing the amount of anxiety you can put yourself through in a brief moment. Like I felt like I was just standing there having this conversation to myself, but I was moving and I was, you know, doing my routine. And in my head, I was just like, take it off, take it off, take it off. I did. I just had to do it. So I did it. You know, my husband kept asking, he was like, well, why are you, why are you deciding to do it now? And he was like, I want to be clear. I'm not discouraging you. I'm just curious what your reasons are. And of course, for the reasons I told you, I told him, I was like, listen, if I wait until I think I'm perfect or my body looks perfect, I'm never going to do it. Never. Because I'm always going to find something wrong or an excuse to not do it when I could just be, I can just be stripping and have fun and not feel self-conscious and just be out there. So I did. And I think the best thing that helped me stop paying attention to people who have an issue with fat bodies is their opinions don't pay my bills. Their opinions don't give me orgasms and their opinions don't put food on my table. Other people's opinions of me are their own business. And it took me, it, it, you know, it takes a while when you're a people pleaser, you want everybody to like yeah. you, but I mean, I, I, think, I was just, a, I, I think your kind of recognition of I'll always have a reason not to do it. Mm-hmm. I think is something that is probably really familiar to a lot of fat people. A lot of fat oh, people yeah. hold off on, looking for a better job, finding a new partner, um, even moving to a it's new hard. home because they kind of like, well, I'm going to wait until like I deserve it. And, or I'm going to wait until I've lost five more pounds or I'm going to wait until yeah. like, so I think that that's a, a, a really common, you know, thing that holds fat people back. And so it's really great to hear you say that, you know, you kind of recognize that, you know, you should just do it. Just, you know, live the life that you want to live right now in the body that you have right now. And as you experienced, you know, making that choice, making that, you know, engagement with burlesque in that way, yeah. it ended up being a really positive experience for you. And obviously is now a, huge part, and I, a huge part I of was, your life. Yeah, it, it, it it's become so, like I already loved burlesque. I was very excited, very passionate about it. But it's even more so now that I realized that I, I didn't purposefully set out to be like some sort of advocate for fat bodies. Mostly I was advocating for myself. And 
saying, you can make room for me. You are, you, if you want all these cookie cutter shows, great. But you want to know why people stop coming to those cookie cutter shows because they're tired of seeing cookie cutter shows. How about add a fat girl, add women of color, um, add fat women of color, add fat bodies in general to your show, like spice it up. Stop serving us unseasoned flour. Like nobody wants that. Mind you, my decision to start peeling happened in the summer of 2016. Me working myself up to finally peeling didn't happen until November. So this was a long ass conversation I had with like, this was a whole thing because I made the decision in my head, but I hadn't said it out loud. It was a little bit later. And I, you know, I finally told my husband I was going to do it. And he was like, well, when are you going to do it? And I was like, I, I don't know gonna do it but at some point I will do it and he's like okay well I support you 100% whatever you're gonna do and he does he comes to all the shows he loves all my bags around for me he's so sweet I have met so many wonderful wonderful people doing burlesque people that I otherwise may not have met before and being a fat girl I get messages. Somebody comes up to me and says, I think you're fucking phenomenal. You make me feel brave. It blows my mind. And I'm just kind of like, thank you for telling me that. Because it, it inevitably, sometimes those, those words from people come right on time when I may be feeling just really down in the dumps about something. And it has definitely been a, a wonderful, wonderful journey for me. And I love, I just cannot tell you how much I love it so, so much. If there are people listening who are keen to um, be able to see you perform or mm-hmm. follow along with you on your journey, where can they find you online? Um, I am Lola Loquacious across all platforms. Um, I don't change anything. Lola Loquacious. I think on TikTok, it's Lola Loquacious 45. Um, and then on um instagram lola loquacious twitter lola loquacious facebook same thing lola loquacious lola thank you so much for coming on the show today it's been a real treat to chat with you i had a blast this was great thank you for having me Spotlight today is a piece by Libby Hill, published on February 3rd, 2022 on IndieWire. It's entitled, Why Can't We Cast Actual Fat Actresses to Play Fat Roles? Quote, Hollywood has produced another unrecognizable transformation via fat suit. In a recent Vanity Fair interview accompanied by promotional photos, Renee Zellweger spoke about the makeup and prosthetic used to transform the Oscar-winning actress into her Pam Hupp, an average American mom who became a murderer in the upcoming NBC limited series, The Thing About Pam. Being an average American woman means that Hupp is not the size of an average Hollywood actor. But instead of casting a performer that might actually embody the role, we have Zellweger in a fat suit and calling it character building. The industry seems to be doubling down on pretending fat women don't exist. In this piece, fat will be used as the descriptor it is, rather than the pejorative it has become. 
or rather, that fat women only exist within the confines of artifice. No one is actually fat. These depictions, these depictions tell us, these are actors wearing a scary costume. No fatties were harmed in the filming of this project. The fact that the casting choice comes from a project on NBC is even stranger, given that it's home to This Is Us. The series features Chrissy Mess as Kate Pearson, a bigger woman who deals openly with issues surrounding her weight and size discrimination. One of the few examples of an overweight woman on a broadcast network, Metz herself is a tireless advocate for body positivity. The fat suit discourse also popped up last year around Sarah Paulson's turn as Linda Tripp in FX Impeachment: American Crime Story. Paulson also donned the suit to portray Tripp and spoke in interviews about the extensive prosthetics and padded needed, and how she had to change the way she carried herself. Not realizing that there's a physicality to fatness, or as though every role didn't require posture or movement realignments. Later, Paulson regretted her choice. It's very hard for me to talk about this without feeling like I'm making excuses, she told the L.A. Times. There's a lot of controversy around actors in fat suits, and I think that controversy is a legitimate one. I think fat phobia is real. I think to pretend otherwise causes further harm. And it is a very important conversation to be had. Women who deviate from the Hollywood standard are having a hard time. Nicola Coughlin, who appears both in Netflix's Bridgerton and Dairy Girls, recently turned to social media that if people did have a problem with their body, please do not share it with her. Most people are being nice and not trying to be offensive, she wrote. But I am just one real-life human being, and it's really hard to take the weight of thousands of opinions on how you look. Being sent to you directly every day. Similarly, Melanie Linsky, star of Showtime's Yellow Jackets, has been plagued by comments since the show debuted from viewers critical of her character's weight and therefore her own. This sizeist mindset is so prevalent that a crew member repeatedly commented on her appearance during filming for the series. Lindsay Linsky told Rolling Stone, "They were asking me." What do you plan to do? I'm sure the producers will get you a trainer. They'd love to help you with this. When I spoke to Linsky recently, she said she was exhausted by having the conversation about size time and again, but she does it because it's a cause that needs to be championed, and she feels fortunate to have the opportunity. It's something I've been passionate about since I was a young woman, and I realized how the world worked, and the fact that it was really, really unfair that we were judged for living in the bodies we lived in. Linsky said, and so it's something I'll talk about until I don't have to anymore. Zellinger, of all people, should be particularly sensitive to this argument. The actor's face and body have been fair game for open criticism for more than two decades, so much so that Vulture did a timeline on the matter more than five years ago. She gained a considerable amount of weight for her role in Bridget Jones's Diary, and then lost it and more for her portrayal of Roxy Hart in Chicago. Then the chatter about Zellweger's face and plastic surgery began, and it was all downhill from there. What if, and this is going to sound wild, we stopped ragging on women for how they look? What if we accepted them for the size they are and realized that there isn't a value judgment to be made? What if people of all shapes and sizes and backgrounds were acceptable on screen, and we normalize something beyond a size two? What if we let fat characters be portrayed by fat people, rather than believe that walking around in a fat suit is a traditionally sized actor's temporary cross to bear?
Let fat women exist. Let them be on TV. End of quote. Thanks for listening to another episode of Friend of Maryland. Friend of Maryland is brought to you by Manawatu People's Radio, triple nine AM. If you'd like to contact the show with questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions for topics or guests, you can email us at friendofmaryland at aol.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. show is gossip with standing in the way of control.
you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Listener.